Hey friends, Jack here. Just a quick content warning for this episode. We do discuss sexual assault a bit, uh, albeit it is alleged at demons, but sexual assault nonetheless, and just wanted to give you a heads up. Thanks. I'm Jen. I'm Jack. And you're listening to The Devil Made Me Review It. We're just a couple of best friends who love scary movies. Especially when those movies are based on true events. Listen along as we dive into our favorite films, the classics we all love, and really, whatever we want. We'll tell you all about the paranormal claims made by the real-life subjects and debate whether or not it actually happened. It probably didn't happen. I knew you were going to say that. Listen, if you haven't seen whatever we're covering, pause and come back after watching, because spoilers abound. That's right. Sit back and enjoy. The Devil Made Me Review It. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So today, we're going to be talking about a little movie called The Haunting in Connecticut. This came out in 2009, so fairly recent-ish. A quick summary. When their son Matt receives a diagnosis of cancer, Sarah and Peter Campbell move to Connecticut to be closer to his doctors. At first, all is well, but then Matt becomes increasingly disturbed by what appear to be paranormal activity. Sarah turns to a reverend for help, and the ghosts are seemingly banished, but Matt's condition takes a sudden and unexplained turn for the worse, and the lives of Sarah and the rest of her family are endangered. So, I had never seen this movie. This was the first time I saw this, and um, I did not care for it, <laughs> to, to be honest. Yeah. And it's... I, you didn't like it either, right? No, I mean, I thought it was fine. I, it's not. It's whatever. Yeah. I, it's okay. I don't like. I don't like most of the actors in it, so that doesn't really help. Yeah, I do like Virginia Madsen, who was uh, from the the from Candyman, which was a movie that I saw as a kid. I like her, but otherwise, I didn't care about anybody else in it. It was, it was really strange. It was like they got her, and then they didn't care who else. <laughs> I, I don't like her face literally um and i don't like the son's face and i literally didn't i don't remember anyone else that was in it yeah the son i don't know he's an interesting yeah like he that that actor looks and i don't i don't know if this was specifically for the movie but i don't know he looks really sickly <laughs> i know he's supposed to be but yeah. he's got those like really sunken eyes and i also just like i don't know i didn't feel like he was a very good actor i didn't feel like he was very well directed either a lot of his stuff was just him being weirdly angry and like then the anger was creepy i don't it was just it, it was weird. I didn't love it. It was like too much sullen teenager behavior for me. Like that one point where he's like, the mom tries to hug him, right? He like throws her off and uh, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just love you. And he's like, well, love hurts. <laughs> it's like, who wrote this? It very much has like uh, a Lifetime movie vibe. Yes, I agree. Very Lifetime movie. For a Lifetime movie, I would say that it's good. Sure. 
for a regular movie in a theater? Maybe not. Yeah, not so good. I did text you at uh, early on in my viewing that I said, I think this boy is a ghost <laughs> and that he that this is uh, the others type situation <laughs> where he's already dead. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's not. I promise. Because he's so sickly looking. And they did his makeup so he's like so pale. <laughs> he reminds me if there's another actor that looks like him that I also don't like, but has that face and was in like another horror movie. I think it's just that, you know how like people have like a certain look, like mm-hmm. pointy people are pointy. And yeah. He's got that face that I just don't like. Yeah, fair like I, And when I watch movies with people... That look like him i'm like no thank you you're not into it yeah that's fair nope. that's fair <laughs> plus there's it's like a horror drama like i just i don't yeah. need a layer of like sad kid dying of cancers like a lot yeah it was strange like it didn't do a great job of for me anyway didn't do a great job of of walking the line between those two those two right. stories right where it's like haunted house dying kids, struggling family. And I always think it's really funny in uh, in any, I, I feel like this movie did, took so many horror movie tropes, like classic horror movie tropes and just did like the worst with them. Like it was just like, everything was so stereotypical, right? Where it's like, you've got a room in a house that's locked and you can't get into it. And there is absolutely no way that I would ever m- agree to move into a house if there was a room that I couldn't get into. Well, okay, so but they didn't know, and there's the only no way reason... they didn't know. They didn't go down in the basement, check it out. How do you not know that? It's not like that room was hidden. It wasn't like they knocked down a wall and we're like, "Oh, what's this door?" Like that room was there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that they didn't know, and they moved there because the kid had cancer. Totally, I understand the impetus of moving into the house. However, if I would have if I were to ever, no matter what the extraneous circumstances were, if I were to look at a house and got to a point of it where there's this weird room with windows that I can't see through, that I can't get into, I'm not moving into that house. I don't care how dire the situation is. I'm not doing I don't, it. I don't know. Because in Baltimore City, you move into row houses. I had a row house that I couldn't get into the basement. And I had a row house that I lived in where there was part of the basement that you couldn't go in. Because it was the landlord shit. Like, you just couldn't go in there. I st- I would never do it. I mean, I think it's different when you're living it. And I think that, like, financially, they, that was, like, and in real life, that was part of their story, too, is that, like, financially, they couldn't afford, they didn't have other options. They had to go with the funeral home house, which was the true thing, right? Why don't, no. Why don't, yeah, it, no, was, a, it I, was a funeral home, right? But, no, I don't think it was IRL. Oh, it was I don't think it... No, I, I from what I read that like basically none of it's r- true. Oh, interesting. From from my understanding. Okay. This is also one of like the wildest <laughs> yeah. ghost stories. Like the <laughs> both of the parents said they were like raped and sodomized by demons. Yeah. And I just that's a big that's a big claim. That's a huge claim. They also lived in that house for 2 years. Right. So, like, being sexually assaulted by demons wasn't enough to break a lease? I don't understand why they stayed for as long as they did. I'd have moved out. Get out of there. I'm sure you can find another house. (laughs) This can't be the only house available. Somewhere. 
I don't. You're just going to have to drive. The sodomy is not worth it. I don't understand. I don't get it. Now, okay, wait. I am looking real quickly because... So this story that I'm looking at on Live Science said that they did find uh, mortician's tools in the house. That doesn't mean it was a morgue. I guess that's true. I'm sure doctors have stethoscopes in their homes. But I don't know. I mean, you, a morgue, is, I mean, a, a, a stethoscope is not a mortician's tool. Like these, I, it seemed like what they were finding were things like coffin rigs, like pulleys and blood, oh, like blood draining. Setup. Yeah, like. Everything like, I read, nothing confirmed that that part was true. Interesting. From from the articles that I saw. But well, I don't know, you know. Who yeah. knows? I mean, people do weird shit and they put weird shit in their house. Yeah. So like either way that stuff has weird energy, I'm sure. You know. I, I mean, it, in the sense that like if you were to find mortician shit in your house, you'd be like creeped out, you know. Yeah. So True. it's going to give you the heebie-jeebies no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. No, whether or not that means that you have sodomizing demons in your home, I don't know. <laughs> right, who knows? I also once did a play in an old funeral home turned theater. And oh. I'm here to say that nothing weird ever happened to me. There were places in that building that I didn't care to go, mostly because of the lighting. I'll sure. say that. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna go into a room with really bad lighting where I think that maybe there's going to be rodents or, you know, I don't know, somebody living in there. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, th I think that it's just knowing that there were dead people. We're just all afraid to die. Mm -hmm. It's like what it comes down to. Yeah. The story, the real story, uh, parts of it follow pretty closely, I think, to, you know, like the base story of... um why they moved in there, which right. we kind of just talked about. So the family, it was the Sneedeckers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that's how you say their name. S N E D E K E R. Sneedecker. 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 So they moved in uh, with their daughter and their three sons and the two nieces, right? Right. The, so they found the mortician stuff in the basement. And then weird things started happening in the house. They moved in because their son had Hodgkins. And that was the, the home was like close to the hospital for them. And then they got stuck there for two years. It's a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so while in the home, the eldest son that was sick started seeing ghosts and visions uh, and hearing things. Uh, the experiences spread to other family members and got worth, worse. Uh, like I said, they the parents both claimed that they were assaulted. Uh, one day, Carmen was mopping the kitchen floor and the water, and claims the water suddenly turned to blood and smelled of decay. Oh, and they did they did do that in the movie, but she didn't see it. He was the only one that saw it. the The kid was the one that saw it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I like spooky stuff uh, in the sense that, like, it's fun. And it's fun to think that, like, you know, oh, what was that noise? Like, that could be a ghost. Like, that, I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's not most likely that. But this kind of stuff, like, is just that. It, that didn't happen. Like, that your water did not turn to blood 
And then smell. I mean, if something smelled of decay, that happens to me all the time, but I have four dogs. Like, <laughs> like but the water is not turning to blood. Right. Even in the Bible, it was a metaphor when he turned it into wine, you know? <laughs> so let's get it together, people. So finally, and this is Jack's favorite part, Ed and Lorraine Warren are called in. Here they come. <laughs> and they basically are like, demons it's demons yeah of course of course it is right it's always it's always demons what else could it be it's never demons it's not really demons <laughs> i definitely don't follow like that whole the the i'm not if anything i think that like energy is like a real thing and like maybe that is sure can explain things to some extent yeah but i'm not i don't think that they're like you know malicious no well that seems like a lot yeah. And also just, I don't know. I think you, you said this in the, um, one of our conjuring ones. I can't remember, but you had said something about like, <laughs> does the devil not have anything better to do with his time? <laughs> yeah. Or his minions. Like, is he, it's just like, seems like a waste of resources. It really does. It seems like you know? a total waste of time. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess if they're all like, I mean, demons are not dead people, right? Like they're not, they're, they're, they exist within their own life. I don't understand how they work. And it is. I guess. I'm not. I'm not I, I guess they're the they're the counterpoint of angels, right? I guess that's the. Uh... Yeah, but angels angels weren't. Right. People they're not people either. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they just. It just seems like a lot to yeah. torment what are essentially ants on a tiny planet. You know, <laughs> like it seems like like they put a lot of effort into being dicks to us. Yeah, I would hope if there is some sort of afterlife or some sort of um, more powerful species uh, of, yeah. of beings, whether it's angels or demons or whatever, why the hell are they concerning themselves with us? Right. <laughs> Look at us. We are <laughs> so stupid. We're so dumb. All we do is fight and kill each other. <laughs> like, what a waste of time. Right. I want off this planet. <laughs> I'm one of them. Get I want out. me out. <laughs> so take me somewhere else where there are no billionaires. All I could think of was Ugh. fucking Jeff Bezos going into space. I really I hoped it, that that vomit comet just crashed. I didn't want the innocent people on it to suffer, but I really wanted him to. <laughs> It did look like a giant penis, and I think that says a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, essentially the landlord definitely thought it was all ridiculous and was like, this is not real. Right, because there, this house was a duplex, and there were people that lived upstairs, from what I read. And they never experienced anything, nor did anyone before or after this family experience or at least report anything. And they wrote a book about it. So like it definitely is like an opportunist. Yes. Which most horror things that come to light in the in like film and whatever, most of that is going to be to some extent exploited. Sure. So, yeah. So I will go into some of the fun. This is from People magazine. So it's funny because this is the only one where I could find it was really hard to find like what the fuck they said happened, yeah. like the, the real family. Yeah. And all I could find for the most part was the things that we, were the things that we just went over. But this one is from People magazine. Like they hooked it up. 
So the mom, this is this is like a they talk to the mom for so all of this information is coming from her. Um, she said that they experienced a malevolent force that took different forms and would occasionally slap, grope, threaten, or otherwise freak the heck out on them. Yeah, potty mouth. Uh, it began to the <laughs> night they moved in. The night they moved in. She said that this is a quote. My son started seeing this young man with long black hair down all the way to his hips. So a hippie ghost. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would talk to my son every day. Sometimes he would threaten him. Other times he would stand there and just say his name, which was enough to scare him. It's just weird. Uh, During the course of his treatment, uh, Philip is the the son with the cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, He went into remission. He's actually a father of four now and a trucker. So I, but I wonder what he says about all of it. Yeah, I'd be interested to know. Because aside from the schizophrenia thing, they said that they sent him to live at someone else's house because he was getting violent, and then he was fine. Like all of it went away. Hmm. Which people will blame on the spirits or whatever, right? Um, they said that there was a spirit on the stairway. Um, that uh, with uh, this is after Philip left uh with him out of the house the reeds claim or the i'm sorry sneedeckers i don't know if that's how you say it but that's how i'm gonna say it uh they claim that the dark forces turned their attention to the 18 year old niece and that she came up to her and was like aunt carmen it's coming can you feel it and i'd be like you need to go too uh she so she saw underneath her nightshirt that she had handprints mm. on her on her body mm-hmm. which would be alarming for sure yeah not i wouldn't think ghosts but they contacted a priest uh and other experts to try and get rid of it they had two priests visit the home but became frightened and left is what they said a third who they won't name was able to rid the house of its evil once and for all after a three-hour exorcism according to a 1992 article in the hartford current uh, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese said no authorized exorcism was conducted at the house. Uh, the house still stands, and the current order has owner has not reported any disturbances, uh, except for people coming to look at the house. Yeah. So that's it. That's the most that's the most extensive account of the haunting that I could find. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you couldn't find a lot because when I was looking, it seems that sort of in at least in the skeptical realm of research for this case, uh, this family couldn't keep their story straight. Yeah, and everything was kind of a mess. Um, the you know they they start talking about this this shit happening. They moved into the house. They found as we we said before, uh, they found some medical tools specifically uh, mortuary tools, things like uh, coffin lifts and a gurney, blood drains, toe tags, things that you would find in. Oh, like a, like a full setup. Yeah, like a full setup of a funeral home. Right. As soon as, like you said, as soon as they moved in, they start talking about all the things that, that yeah, they're, they're having these sort of uh, violent and even sexual attacks from demons and that they were seeing um, very abrupt personality changes from their oldest son who at the time was undergoing treatment for Hodgkin's disease. And I did, I tried to do a little bit of research and I couldn't really find, I couldn't really find like too um, concrete of evidence, but apparently there is quite a bit of anecdotal evidence of 
particularly young people who are going through treatment for Hodgkin's having emotional and psychological issues. It doesn't really happen in adults, but, and I, so I don't know if it has something to do with your brain development at that age, but there does seem to be evidence that there are cases where kids who are going through treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma will have a multitude of psychological or personality. That makes sense. Yeah. Personality changes. Um, Sure. And, and then the fact that the Warrens get in on this shit, I just, you know, as soon as they show up, oh, I, th- I think at this point, if we've learned nothing from everything we've covered thus far, I think we know that when they show up, all credibility is lost. <laughs> Can you and Laura be Ed and Lorraine Ed and Laura. for Halloween? Oh, that's actually a really good Halloween costume idea. I'll float do it. Do you think her. she'd do it? Yeah, oh, she, she would do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a great Halloween costume. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So yeah, so they show up. This is also like pretty fresh off of the Amityville case. That was huge, right? That family got so much money from doing that book. And a writer was indeed hired by Ed and Lorraine to to write a book specifically about this case or at least to include this case in a book that he was already writing. It was kind of unclear of what was the chicken or the egg there? What were we going to say? Ed and Lorraine hired the writer? I don't know if they hired him or they definitely brought him on. Like they were the ones that were like, we want you. And so what I, but what's unclear is I don't know if he was already writing a book and then decided to add this case into it. Or if they were like, you need to write a book about this. And he was like, okay, cool. I'll write a book about this. This will be a great movie. Exactly. (laughs) So he shows up, he starts interviewing the family, and he's like, none of this shit makes sense. They cannot keep their story straight. I don't know what to do. And I have a quote here from, uh, we both read this, uh, I think this was in Live Science, but it might have been a poll from a Skeptical Inquirer article. But it says, so actually this says, Garten was hired. Um, This is Ray Garten, and the book... Uh, was came out in 1992. It was called In a Dark Place, The Story of a True Haunting. That So he was hired by Ed and Lorraine Warren to work with the Sneedeckers to write the true story of their house. And he interviewed everybody and said, there soon was a problem. Quote, I found that the accounts of the individual Sneedeckers didn't quite mesh. They couldn't keep their story straight. I went to Ed with this problem. Oh, they're crazy, he said. This is Ed saying this. You've got, you've got some of the story. Just use what works and make the rest up. Just make it scary. He so made a career off gaslighting. He people. really did. And the fact that like this family, I mean, it seems to me that this family is probably religious or into the paranormal or maybe both. They've got this son. He's going through some shit. He also had been diagnosed. They didn't uh, say this at the time, but it came out later that he had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and he had a drug problem. So there's a <sighs> lot of shit going on. That, that is like, not a good combo. It's not a good combo. It's really not. And he's getting treatment for you know cancer. Like there's a lot going on that's that's gonna be fucking with this with this kid's brain. And so it's like the the, the Warrens come in and just immediately capitalize on Mm -hmm. what is sure to be a juicy story. And this family 
while they were getting him the help that he needs, that's great. They also were totally buying in to the, you know, possibility that they could sell this story and make a, a pretty penny. And seems like seems like they did. So yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess good for them. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter how I feel about it. <laughs> the movie doesn't have to be good. It, just, it But it was successful. The movie was like it, was. it did well. Yeah, it did do well. I but I did it was cheesy as hell. I didn't really I didn't find it to be scary. I there's a couple no. of good a couple of good jump scares. Although the very first one in the movie, there's like the first jump scare we get is um we see like a man in the mirror when when she's brought the family to the house, right? So she's already brought the house and then she brings everybody else and she's showing the niece, the older girl. Mm-hmm. the room and you get the 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 guy walking through you get like a jump scare of the guy walking passing through the mirror when they move the door Do you yeah. know what i'm talking about and it's almost like the score didn't quite line up like the score is a half a second late <laughs> and oh. so it's not that scary and I had to rewind it because I was like, is my brain just moving slow? I don't know. Like, maybe I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. So I rewound it and I went back and watched it again. And it is. It's almost like the score is half a second late. And so that very, very first jump scare is not effective at all because the music doesn't come in at the right time. I don't. I just, when we decided to do this, I was like, oh, okay. But also I was like, but I don't want to watch it again. That's fair. I don't blame you. <laughs> After watching it, I don't blame you. I wanted to do it because I'd never seen it. And yeah. I knew that it was like, you know, it's a true story. We'll cover it. But man, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that was super fucking gross. There was a lot of gross stuff like the eyelid cutting. I can't deal when they kept and they kept cutting to that so many times where he was having these flashbacks of seeing seeing the the guy the doctor or whatever who lived in the house cutting people's fucking eyelids uh, off and then they find a box of the of the eyelids and i was just just ready to barf it was so gross i forgot about that i guess it's just a way to like well, it was effective in the sense that it bothered you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But Out of the, all the things in the movie, <laughs> right. that's like what you walked away with being like, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like there was nothing in this movie that scared me or it wasn't like anything where I was having fun being scared. I just was grossed out by like eyelid cutting. And I thought the kid, doesn't the kid die in the movie? No. I thought he died at the end. No. Are you sure? I'm po- I just watched it this morning. I'm positive. <laughs> They should have killed him. He has a like a um, between the worlds moment where he's walking oh. in a cemetery, which I guess that's if that's what we have to look forward to. Count me out. Like if <sighs> if death is just walking around a cemetery, how boring. Can you go other places? Right. Can you go other places? <laughs> can you, you visit other cemeteries? Graceland. I mean, where where can we go? Aww. Are we limited to cemeteries? Can we go other places? Technically, the whole world is probably a I cemetery. That, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but they, yeah. yeah, so he's walking around in a cemetery and sees the the boy that he's been seeing in his visions, who was the medium that was in the house, and blah blah blah. And 
but then he comes back because he hears his mom's voice. Because much like so many of these movies, love is the uh, is the lesson we learn. I hear my mom's voice. I run. I'm like, damn it, what do I do? Like, get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you know, alone, lady. You know you're in trouble if you hear your right. mom's voice in in life and in death. <laughs> yeah, she definitely would come back to yell at she's me. She's like, got, she's calling your middle name. Like, you know, you're in trouble. It's you're getting just, all all three. Just names. the full name, just yeah. a Jennifer. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> Jennifer. God, I can still feel the fear. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's body. like nom flashbacks. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. There there were so many silly moments in this movie. Like I have so many notes. The uh the priest, right? He like befriends this priest or this reverend when he's in chemo and then he gets to have his exorcist moment where he pulls up to the house wearing his fedora. <laughs> like they put that in like every every movie. movie. I know. And then he comes in and is suddenly just the expert on all this shit and what, like, why, who knows. And then he's finds the remains or what he assumes is the remains. And he finds them because he's using uh, iron magnets and he figures out where the remains of the boy are. And then he takes them out of the house and puts them in his car. I was like, sir. If you were trying to rid the house of these, why would you then put them in your car? Right. Put them in a trash can off the property, preferably. Maybe go to the Wawa and dump it there. (laughs) That's what I would do. (laughs) Yeah, put it in some business dumpster, an industrial dumpster. (laughs) Right. No one will ever find it. It's not going to get tied to anyone get rid of that shit and then he's like oh no i made a terrible mistake i took out the good ghost and now i've only left the bad ghosts and then we have this truly bizarre sequence where you know the whole mood the climax of the movie is this kid this this son you know escapes the hospital that he is at uh receiving treatment and goes home locks his siblings and cousin out of the house and is like, when the fire starts, don't come get me. I'm already dead. And (laughs) proceeds to go in and hack apart this built-in, this beautiful built-in that's in their dining room that all of the bodies have been stored in. But what I don't understand is why did he have to tear the whole wall down? He could have just burnt the whole house down. Like, if that's how we're getting rid of these things, like, if burning the place down is how we're going to get rid of it, just burn the place down. Why do you have to lock yourself in there? And then they get lucky because the fire department hacks through the wall right next to where they happen to be sitting. Lucky them. They weren't going with the axe two feet to the left because they would have been dead. (laughs) But, like, it's... They're already dead. None of it made any sense. It was so... It was just so bizarre. It was so slapped together. None, like nothing was explained well enough. The rules weren't set up, and I can't handle when the rules aren't set up. If you do not build a world for me, I'm not coming on the ride. If you build a world, I'll come on the ride. I'll follow anything you tell me. Truly, I will, it, as far as a movie is concerned. I will believe anything if you set up the world appropriately. If you don't, I'm out. And if there are no rules and it's 
it, it's all over the place. I can't, I can't do it. I like, like what, are, why? What's, what was the point? What was the point right. in any of this? Well, people loved it. It's very popular. That's wild to me. Uh, I mean, I think there are, uh, this wouldn't even, I couldn't even put this on a list of movies I liked. No. Like, <laughs> <I> <laughs> me neither. Not even, not even making the list. No. <laughs> it's not creative. It doesn't do anything different, really. No. Uh, if anything, I felt like the format was like, I guess the format was different, like having the st- that storyline where it's like a drama horror, but like, I guess I don't like dramas. I don't want to want, I don't want you to force them on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. I, I like it to be funny and scary. Like, yeah. Well, or I, I, I don't even necessarily know that I don't want it to be a drama. Like I loved Hereditary. I thought that was a great movie. And that movie really has the potential to, and I I won't spoil anything in case anyone hasn't seen it. That movie has the potential to be very, very, very deeply, darkly sad and only about a very dysfunctional family. And then because of the horror element, it's exciting and it's fun. But otherwise, it's deeply sad. And this was like neither of those things. Like it wasn't deeply set. I didn't care about this family. The character development wasn't great. I thought the dad was like weird and I don't know, just like throwing fits, crashing his, you know, smashing his guitar into a amplifier. And then he's got that fancy truck and then he sells it and he's all passive aggressive to his wife about selling his truck. And I don't know. It was just like, I didn't care about the, these characters. There was no development for me to care about them. And I think that's right. a, that's a directorial thing. It's a writing thing. It's an acting thing. But I watch a movie like Hereditary and it's the complete opposite where I am invested in this family. I've heard that that's really good. It is. Well, how many screams are you giving it? I'm going one, <sighs> just just to set the bar for you. I don't even know. I don't. I don't want to give it any. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, I guess we can just say no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> That'll be a new rating. Uh, so it's either one to five screams or no, thank you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I'm going to give this a no thank you, a solid no thank you. Uh, yeah, and now that we have a new ranking, I'm also going to give it a no thank you. Okay, great, great. And I wanted to like it. I I am not like you. I don't have a problem with Virginia Madsen's face. I think she's got a lovely face. And I, I do like her, but I just, uh, this, uh, this movie really let her down. It wasn't a, a good vehicle. It was not a great thing. Hey, even though this movie sucked, mm-hmm. she made money off of it. So good for her. Oh, no. I mean, good for her. She got her paycheck, but it's just not a great movie. No. Agreed. What else is she in? Well, she was the, Candyman. Would... She was in. I know that one. But what else? Well, she was on Law and Order Special Victims Unit, first and foremost, which is important. <laughs> That's where I know her from. She plays um she plays Rollins' uh mom uh on SVU. Oh. That is yeah. probably where you know her from because that wasn't that long ago. It was let's see 2015 was when she was on that show. 
Dude, I fucking love SVU. Me too. <laughs> it's all because of Miss Mariska Hargitay. Who doesn't love Mariska Hargitay? I, it seems that she has made a full recovery. Also, thank goodness for anyone who's been following along. Mariska broke her damn ankle. And seems to be doing quite all right. They, um, they, they did just. I thought you were going to say she had COVID. I was like, damn. She broke her ankle, but she's doing okay. They just started filming season 24. Can you believe? I'm ready. I'm ready. 24 years. What else has Virginia Madsen been? I don't know. Virginia Madsen is one of those actors who's been in everything she's She's been in everything her imdb has like a thousand credits on it but Candyman was a huge was like her like big big i you know what probably because i don't that movie was like i'm not into it that's probably why yeah that one's very that one scared me a lot when i was a kid (laughs) yeah for sure i mean it's terrifying yeah and you don't like slashers and it's definitely uh, i do like I just recently rewatched Halloween and Oh, that's right. You, I remember you, you said that last episode. Yeah. I don't like Nightmare on Elm Street. I did not find it scary. Yeah. He's just too silly. Yeah. I do like his sweater, though. It's a good sweater. Oh. Maybe, not, maybe <laughs> not the hat. No, we can't get behind a fedora. No, except for, well, I guess, would Indiana Jones's hat count? Oh, I get. Well, I don't know that that's really. And honestly, I don't think I don't think um, Freddy Krueger's is a fedora either. I don't know what that hat is called. If anyone knows what that hat is called, please let us know. Yeah, Um, DM us or text us. Send us a DM or even better, write it in a review uh, on on iTunes. Uh, Please rate, review and subscribe. Hey, and thank you to everyone that has. There are more yes, of them. There are. Thank you so much. You like it's so cool whenever we log on and see that we have another one. It it really is very nice and it does help us. It puts us uh in people's algorithms. So it gets us in the ears of people that we don't know, which is fun. Not th- and we appreciate being in the ears of well, we do know too. Yeah, well that I think that goes without saying. All ear not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. For those of you we do know, we love you. Thank you. We're happy to be in your ears. Most of you. Most of you. And and you know who you are. (laughs) If you feel like this is about you. It's about you. Okay, next week we're going to we're going to deviate a tiny bit from from the format because we're going to do Psycho. We've gotten this is something we've gotten a lot of requests. We've had a lot of people ask for us to talk about Psycho. And so while it is not a ghost story, this is not a paranormal thing. It is kind of somewhat based on a true story and we're going to cover it and I'm I'm pretty excited. I haven't watched Psycho in a minute, so I'm excited to watch it again. <sighs> Me too. Yeah. And I think I think we're gonna switch up the our format anyway, right? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna play try with some, some stuff. New things. We're gonna try some stuff. Yeah. So give us feedback. Expand our horizons. Know. Exactly. Give us feedback. Let us know. We will see you next week for Psycho. Okay. Bye. Yay. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the devil made me review it or send us an email at the devil made me review it at gmail.com.